0: Hello, welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Karen Morrison and today we're going to be honouring the talent that is tagged with Bozeman. Apologies for the delay in the uploading of this episode. I moved house last week and it was chaotic to say the least. So I simply ran out of time to watch the films I was planning on watching. So I apologise on that behalf. And I explained last week the reason why I wanted to cover the films I wanted to cover this week I remember when the actor Heath Ledger died. It was early in the morning and my sister was just crying on my mum's bed, being so upset that he died. Chadwick Boseman was that for me. I was so shocked, I was so so heartbroken about it that I cried. And obviously I send my condolences to his friends and family. But I wanted to take an opportunity to commemorate his talent by doing an episode based on his fantastic work and With that being said, let's get to it. So let's go to the first film we are covering this week. Black GI, is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the soul brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. See. Yes, I've been meaning to get round to this film for ages and I finally, unfortunately, got round to it in these circumstances. The Five Bloods is about four Vietnam veterans going back to Vietnam to collect the treasure and the remains of their foreign comrade, their comrade played by Chadwick Boseman. And let's say things go chaotic from there. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. So it's directed by Spike Lee and it's also written by Spike Lee as well as Danny Bilson, Paul Demio, and Kevin Wilmot. Now when watching this film it was a little bit on the nose for me because obviously I was watching this after Chadwick Boseman died and the fact that Chadwick Boseman plays the fallen comrade and about his legacy amongst these group of friends. It was a little bit too much on the nose for me sometimes. But I think what was great about his performance that it almost felt like, because he doesn't get a lot of screen time, he is only there for very small flashbacks. And there's a scene near the end in particular which I felt was really brilliant. But it was almost played as if it was the memory of Norman, the, the character Chadwick Boseman played. Also, you didn't get actors playing the younger versions of the other four bloods it made it more of a reflection. And especially with the cinematography, which was by Newton Thomas Siegel, and changing the frame ratio, which if people don't know, so you know how sometimes you get like the black bars on top and the black bars on bottom, or sometimes you get square or sometimes you get the usual cinema, that's to do with frame ratio. And you give certain ratios to the certain footage in order to give a certain kind of cinematic feel. And because the flashbacks were in a sort of vintage camera kind of ratio, it made it more of a visceral memory rather than an actual playback of the events that happened. So there wasn't as much of a necessity to have that depth, which I think was done really well. I will say the editing choices are a bit odd because throughout the whole piece, there are like, for example, if the protagonists were going to reference an important part in black history or an important black figure in pop culture, they would have a picture or they would have a film clip of that event happening but the problem was that sometimes they were so quick i couldn't really process why this picture was being featured if that makes sense and i found it interesting and i think it was definitely educational i didn't really know much about the vietnam war and i learned a lot more about it i think giving the piece that kind of context throughout it it was initially a bit weird to get used to but i think fundamentally they managed to understand the emotional gravitas these protagonists are facing and there are phenomenal performances all around particularly Delroy Lindo as Paul and Jonathan Majors as his son David as you see their fragmented relationship almost start to come together but because of Paul's PTSD it just completely drives them apart again and is very frustrating as a viewer but almost in an empathic way towards the son David And there is a monologue that Paul does and Delroy Lindo is absolutely phenomenal when doing this monologue and it's a one-shot and I genuinely believe that that scene should be done in film studies classes for the next generations of filmmakers and the next generation of film analysts and film critics. And I think the script does an excellent way of weaving the Western exploitation of marginalised groups and in this case African-Americans and trying to weave that into the narrative. So it made the gravitas of what real world events were impacting in this story, and I found that particularly brilliant and quite ingenious. So, yes, I definitely recommend it. I think it's well done. There might be the odd editing blip that I wasn't a huge fan of, but in terms of the story, I think it's absolutely brilliant, and I hope Delroy Lindo. Gets recognised when it comes to the award season because it would be absolutely deserved. Now we're going to move on to a biopic this time, and oh, we are in for the ride, folks. I don't know who he is or where he is, but he's coming. not so simple anymore i guess it never was yes i'm going to be talking about 2013's 42 which is about the biopic of jackie robinson jackie robinson is the first african-american person to play for the brooklyn dodgers and in greater context major league baseball and you also get the perspective of the general manager of the brooklyn dodgers branch ricky and how they pushed through the essentially bigoted vitriol they got. You want a player who doesn't have the guts to fight back? No, I want a player who's got the guts not to fight back. You give me a uniform, you give me a number on my back, and I'll give you the guts. So I'm gonna be frank. I hated watching this. What I was really frustrated by is that it wasn't about Jackie Robinson. Chadwick Boseman is phenomenal as Jackie Robinson, like as he he always is, and there are bits when he has to internalize the racist vitriol he gets from these bigoted people and seeing those moments when he's just about to crack or when he is in his own home or he's having a private moment. You can so see it in his eyes that he is being so hurt by this behavior. It's so heartbreaking and you really feel for him. But my fundamental problem with it was just the whole plot. (laughs) And I know that sounds odd because there's already a plot because it's based on real events. But the problem that I found with it was this film was meant to be about Jackie Robinson. And yet what actually happened is that it became about Branch Ricky and how 100% pure, absolutely not racist whatsoever person that he is. And there's just the odd bad apple that is chucking the racism. And for some reason, someone in the higher ups is so good and pure hearted that he manages to solve racism. When we all know that's not how it works. The higher ups abuse their power to push back marginalised groups so that they can retain their power. And specifically, as it's documented in American history, the fact that, you know, all the higher-ups are the ones that are quote-unquote morally pure is disingenuous, it is probably historically inaccurate, and it is insulting. It's about Jackie Robinson's talent and the hard work he put in in order to be of the same standard as the Brooklyn Dodgers in the first place, if not of a higher standard, and yet he still got the abuse that he got. It would have been so much more interesting if we had the higher-ups also less involved because it seemed all the time that any time... Jackie Robinson was sad. Branch Rickey would come in and, you know, do the do the inspirational speech of like, oh, he's so good. He's the moral compass of the piece, like uplifting this black man to deal with the hate. And I'm like, dude, that is tone deaf. It's just the whole scripting and the structure of the entire piece. As I said, it felt tone deaf and it just was focusing on the wrong people and because of that It come across as quite gross to me. And also the whole time the music came across as really cheesy, but it wasn't as if there were specific moments in order to carry the piece. It was throughout. So there's a lot of things fundamentally wrong with this picture that I just didn't agree with. But in regards to Chadwick Boseman and his performance as Jackie Robinson, as I said, he's absolutely phenomenal. And if you wanted to see his interpretation of the famous baseball player, then by all means, go forth. But I fundamentally believe that Chadwick Boseman and the person that played Jackie Robinson's wife, Nicole Bahari, they deserved a much better film. And last thing I will say is that if you want to learn more about how white saviorism is portrayed in films and why it is damaging, I highly recommend watching a film that was made by the YouTube channel The Take. And there is a video they do of white saviorism explained in movies. Great video, very educational. Go forth and watch it. Now we're going to move on to our last film we're covering this week. This is another biopic. And let's see what we thought you special. Your mama's on no account for it. Daddy, But you ain't gonna be. One day, everybody gonna know your name. James Brown. Yes, so I'm covering 2014's Get On Up, which is a biopic of the American godfather of soul, James Brown, who is played by Chadwick Boseman. And essentially, it talks about the life of James Brown and how he became the person later on in his life who became very self-isolating. He's a showstopper. It's a miracle. Look at these people, James. When is it gonna be when we up there? We'll be back in ten. Right now. What? One, two, three, four. You can't play that like you told Doesn't work musically. Doesn't sound good. Yeah. does it feel good. Yeah. Never. If it sounds good and it feels good, then it's musical. You're entering a game here where the rules are already set up. I'm just a street kid from Augusta, Georgia. Now, tell me what you see. Now, I'm struggling to describe the plot to you because structurally it is bizarre. I think the film took a big risk in terms of having constant timelines for the audience to remember that they would jump back and forth whenever it seemed narratively cohesive in order to back up the emotional gravitas of the scene before. The problem I found with that is that I was just very confused. I was like, what story are you trying to tell? it seemed like segments almost, rather than a cohesive through line. I didn't really feel that connected with James Brown. And it's made even harder by the fact that James Brown was a terrible person. And you can read up on that. He treated everyone terribly. I mean, in the film, you show that he is a wife beater. And that is very hard to get on board with when they're the protagonist. And so because of the way it's scripted, it kind of falls apart. And also, I think they were trying to replicate the narrative style of House of Cards, which is that Netflix series that originally was, was starring Kevin Spacey. But you had these odd moments when James Brown would talk to the camera and there would be a one-shot of him walking through things and explaining things. But it didn't happen enough in order for it to be a constant, in order for the film to stay connected, if that makes sense. So it just felt a bit random. But if I'm going to performances, everyone's performances were absolutely amazing. I mean, Chadwick Boseman is electrifying. Also, I felt Viola Davis playing James Brown's mother. She was hypnotizing any scene she was in and she's not in the film that much, but every time she came on, she had such a presence and such a spark that made every scene exciting. Like I am on the edge of my seat seeing what is going to happen. And also Nelson Ellis playing Bobby Bird was also spectacular as well. Altogether, the film as a whole, it didn't have that spark. I mean, I know I said that about, for example, Viola Davis in her acting, but I didn't feel like behind the scenes there was a passion there. And you kind of need that in order to feel connected to the piece. But I'm going to talk about Get On Up and also 42. The writers and directors were majority white men and the problem with that is that any kind of racial tension that the film wanted to do it seemed almost surface level slash there wasn't that much of an understanding as to how awful that racial tension actually is. We all know fundamentally that racism is bad but if we look at films like Selma which is directed by Ava DuVernay you had the insidious embodiment of that racism, and so it made it more heartbreaking. Whereas for 42, for example, I've heard the n-word more than I could possibly count, and it lost its meaning. I mean, we all knew it was bad, but it felt like it wasn't explaining why it was bad. So I didn't feel that there was that emotional gravitas that I think it needed in order for it to have that effect on viewers. There's one thing taking that level up and saying racial slurs, but there's another thing having to really hammer home why that was a problem for the characters to say that. And particularly 42, and there were moments like that in Get On Up, that wasn't there. And so it felt disconnected from the story they were trying to tell and to have that story told by white men it's a little bit like the elephant in the room they are really tentative to really go deep into the elephant's being and why the elephant is there but they are so worried about criticizing themselves and their ancestry history that they they that they don't want to do that. They're just gonna they're just gonna acknowledge the elephant, but the, but they're not gonna try and deal with the elephant. But that's all the time I have for this week. Uh, in terms of the film, I recommend. I definitely recommend *A Five Bloods*. Spike Lee is an absolutely tremendous director, and so I definitely would love to watch more of his work. But thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It would be tremendously appreciated. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at carrymo 97 And you can also get updates on the podcast on Instagram at Media. Finally, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Carrymo if you want any updates about the films I'm watching. But for the time being, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman, Wakanda forever. Take care, stay safe.